with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Do not think that I have come to bring peace upon the earth. I have come to bring not peace, but the sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's enemies will be those of his household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous man because he is righteous will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because he is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. When Jesus finished giving these commands to the 12 disciples, he went away from that place to teach and to preach in their towns. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, for, for any of those who, who always hold that picture of Jesus as the, as the always all kind and fuzzy and, and uh, friendly, friendly Savior who's come only to, to bring about uh, happiness and peace and concord, this, uh, this gospel passage kind of cuts right to the heart, doesn't it? Because he's really challenging us. Our Lord's really challenging us in today's gospel, and, and, you know, on the heels of what we heard in yesterday's gospel, in the, the message that we had over the weekend, that we need to love our God above all things, and with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength, everything that we have has to be poured out into that love for God, and then to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so in today's readings, we see a little bit of what, those, what that can kind of look like, what the repercussions can be. In the first reading, we have the very beginning of the book of the prophet Isaiah. And so one of the, the calls that all of us Christians receive in our baptism, remember, I don't know if you've been to a baptism recently, but I just had one on, on Saturday. It's always a good reminder that that all of us are anointed. We all share in the anointing of priest, prophet, and king. So in our lives of faith, as we seek to pursue God, in the kingly realm of our lives, it's up to us to, to bring about right order. First of all, in our own personal lives, but then in our families, and then in our societies, and it keeps going outwards. But the first, the first and correct order is the order of our personal prayer life, our personal worship of God. 
The second is prophecy, just like Isaiah in some ways. Isaiah was a very special prophet in a very special time, but here his words, they're very cutting to all the people. And so without a doubt, when Isaiah started to go out and to proclaim the word of God in his prophetic ministry, he didn't make a lot of friends. People, some people received his word with joy as he called them to repentance, to return back to God who had done so much for them, and others rejected him or hated him, tried to kill him. And so that's one, that's one aspect of what the prophetic ministry could look like. But all of us, brothers and sisters, are called to be prophets in some way. And just the basic to break down the word prophet, it means to, to stand before in, in the Greek, to just stand before the world as a sign of God's love, right? So on a very basic level, that can take many different shapes. So we don't all have to go out there and be Isaiah's, but we have to stand up to the world and before the world showing our love for God and him being first. And that takes sacrifices, which is what the role of a priest is. All of us are anointed priest, prophet, king. And so priesthood for all of us looks like offering, sac making sacrifices in our life, however that might look. And sometimes, as the Lord points out here, sometimes when we have to stand up for God's, what, for God's law and for his prominence and preeminence in our life, sometimes that means we have to sacrifice relationships. It's not easy. And that's how the God of peace, the God of love, the author of truth can come into the world and say, I didn't come here to bring peace but a sword. He wants peace. But the sword is that standing before the world, proclaiming God's truth and his love. And today, providentially, the church raises up a wonderful example of that in St. Benedict the founder of Western monasticism. Now, Benedict was the son of noblemen. So he, he had a noble right. He could have just gone the easy path. He went, left his, his hometown in, in, the, in the foothills of, of Italy and went to Rome to go learn and to be trained to become a nobleman for, for the, the Roman Empire. It was kind of crumbling at that time. But Still, he had all of the securities of life that were going to be offered. He was going to have riches, he was going to have comfort, he was going to have all of these things. But when he looked out into the world, he saw so much destruction and disorder and hatred and crime and all of these things. When he compared that against his, his faith in God, there was this kind of repulsion that kind of welled up in him. And, and instead of standing up like an Isaiah, in his prophetic ministry, Benedict made a statement by leaving the world behind. He left all of those goods. He left his father's heritage, his, his mother, all of his family members, everybody that would have been sentimentally important to him. He left and he went to go live in a cave to give all of his attention, all of his time, all of his efforts just to serving God alone. And it wasn't easy for him. He almost died. It took, it took neighbors and people around him to help support him as he got going. 
But what he started in that witness of faith, of withdrawing from the world and its, and its uh, false illusions of happiness and grandeur, retreating in a humble way to a cave, he started a movement of monasticism in Europe that lives on today. How many people have ever been to Mount Angel here in Oregon? Pretty good number, half of them. Today's their biggest feast day. They're up there in Mount Angel, the monks up on the hilltop. They're having a, they had a celebration, I'm sure, over the weekend, but today is their biggest day. Men today are still retreating from the world to be a sign to all of us of their love and devotion to God. And if you go up there this afternoon or any day, I guarantee you, you're going to be received just in the way that Jesus calls us to receive in this gospel passage. He says, whoever receives you receives me. And one of the beautiful, there's a whole set of rules that the Benedictines live by, but one of the most beautiful ones that they have, they have what they call the charism of hospitality. And they have a model, a motto, that anyone that comes, they say, anyone who comes to our monastery, we receive as Christ. So when you show up there, hopefully soon, to go visit those monks and to pray with them, they're going to receive you like you were Jesus Christ, with joy, with hope, with love. They're going to welcome you in there and show you around. They're going to invite you to prayer with them, and they'll let you hang out, and it's just such a beautiful place. I really encourage you to go. It's, a, it's really a spiritual heart of this archdiocese that there's men who 1,500 years after St. Benedict went into that cave have still retreated into the wor from the world and are, are standing before the world in, the, in a certain way as a sign of love and peace, following that charism of putting God before all things and welcoming all visitors as Christ. So today, we give thanks for the witness of St. Benedict we pray that it doesn't, that as we live out those, those, uh, those works in our life of priest, prophet, and king, that it doesn't come to this kind of division in our families, but that we take courage, that when we stand before even our loved ones to show them the love of God, that it doesn't bring about division and discord, but that ultimately it brings about conversion and love. Because because Christ is the author of truth. He's the author of beauty and of love, and he wants that for all of our families. But if we don't put God first, and we don't make that first step of standing up for him, who will?